Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Happy Monday, my friends. This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. National championship game tonight. Appreciate you guys so much. Here's how you can take part in the show. 844-326-3663 is the number. And you can hit us on the text line, 71307. Just start your text with the word fan, and away you go. Coming up on the show today, it's time to stop really dancing around the issue here. Okay? He's not been great. I'll tell you who that is at 320. Jim Zoki will help us put a bow on a building that is falling apart at 3.40 p.m. today. What the new college football playoff is going to look like and what to expect in tonight's national championship game. What are the most likely upsets coming your way in week one of the NFL playoffs? We've got Chris Phillips joining us at 4.30 p.m. We've got the top five at five. We have the NFL player under the most pressure entering this playoff season, and we have you here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. So I was hosting a network show over the weekend, and I was reading something from Ross Dellinger, who's been a guest on this show. He's been a guest with me on uh, on CBS, and he has a quote from having spoken to a Power 5 athletic director, all right? So there's only 65 of these, okay? Power 5 athletic director. And the quote reads, if Michigan wins the national championship, there ought to be a damn asterisk next to it. What do you guys think? Like, as we, as we sit here today on the day of the national championship game, and when we open that up, uh, on CBS, the phone lines went nuts. Everybody's got an opinion. Opinions are like blank. Everybody's got one. Buttholes. There you go. So. Legal to say on the radio. That's right. If Michigan wins on Monday, given their sign-stealing scandal, is there an asterisk next to this title? You know what an asterisk kind of looks like? A snowflake. A beehole. hole <laughs> Something like that. 
Yeah. Um, so this particular uh, athletic director also said they're a good football team, very good football team. But this shows my concern with the NCAA process. This is our system, and it's unfortunate. The system allows it. Allows what? I would say it allows cheating is what he means, right? The system allows it, which is why we've got to change so much. It's ridiculous that they are there parading around, said one Power 5 head coach. It is not good for the game. So who cares really about vacated wins, head coach suspension, scholarship reductions, future postseason bans? For Michigan, all are listed as possibilities, right? But do you really care about future postseason bans if you won the national title? Do you really care about the weakest of these, which is vacated wins? Do you really care about a head coach suspension for a head coach who's probably going to be leaving Ann Arbor this offseason anyway? I was told by Jason LaCanfora on Saturday that whether Jim Harbaugh returns to Michigan is very, very much a 50-50 proposition. Diesel, he told me, Los Angeles Chargers or the Michigan Wolverines? Justin Herbert or Michigan? Remember, his first coaching job in college, Jim Harbaugh was the coach where? The University of San Diego, which means a whale's asterisk. That's what it means. USD or SDSU? Uh, no, USD, University okay. of San Diego. Never heard of yeah. University of San yeah, Diego. Yeah, it's a thing, apparently. I'm going to say that their mascot this is just a guess. I don't know, because I'm usually pretty good at the, at the mascot game. I'm going to say that they are the University of San Diego sperm whales. I think they are a whale's hoo-ha. <laughs> I, I, think that's, I think that's the mascot of the University of San Diego. But that is, that's, those, are the, those are the candidates. That's where Jim Harbaugh is considering going. Jim Harbaugh just wants to deal with football. He came to play football. He didn't come to play school. Okay? And he doesn't. He's tired of the NCAA's rules. He's tired of the lack of continuity in keeping his team together. He's tired of all of it. Just wants to deal with football. But come on, man. I mean, we got to do something about this. Diesel, I took a call Saturday, and the call said, Mark, I would have been totally okay if you kept them out of the college football playoff. But now that they're in the playoff, if they win – they are the rightful national champion. And he said, just like Pete Rose is the hits king, just like Barry Bonds is the home run champion, it says that in the record book. Spur Daddy sends four asterisks, putting the ass in asterisks. Yeah, he is. To the YouTube chat. Madcraft says the Astros have an asterisk, and they're still champions. It does not matter. Madcraft, people bring it up every single time. People question that championship every single time it is mentioned. So... Yeah, it still matters. In the, fa- in the eyes of the fans, it's an illegitimate championship. So uh, two SEC administrators said if they win, it doesn't diminish anything. Another one said, I don't have a problem with them being there. There are more egregious things going on right now in college football. Um, Michigan offensive lineman Trevor Keegan said the following, we've proved these allegations wrong ever since this thing blew up. We beat our in-state rival 49-0, Penn State, basically just running the football without our head coach after finding out the day before. We beat our biggest rival in Ohio State. We beat Iowa 
and we beat Alabama, what else do we have to do? And so my, my take on this, ladies and gentlemen, is as follows, okay? It's not about how much cheating did or did not help you. If it didn't help you, why are you doing it, okay? And if you're going to hit me with Jim Harbaugh didn't know, I'm going to say he damn well should have known. If you're going to hit me with everybody's doing it, I'm going to tell you to show me the list of everybody who's doing it. Okay, I know Michigan's doing it. I also heard a lot, you can't penalize the kids. Isn't it something, Diesel? They're kids when it works for the argument, but then they're very clearly adults when they're leaving for seven-figure paychecks. Mm -hmm. Okay, You you can't hurt the kids. Well, I would also tell you that if you watch that video that we had, Okay, it's all over the fan upstate, Twitter and Facebook, where Michigan is playing Ohio State a year ago. Ohio State changes their play at the line, and Michigan players on the sidelines are jumping up and down, alerting the Michigan defense to what's coming. Guys, you know, like, you can tell me everybody steals signs. There are levels to this. If somebody is not discreet enough with their hand signals and you pick up something, that is not cheating. If you are using illegal devices to film, that is cheating. So to me, there is an asterisk next to this title because it's not about Michigan didn't need to cheat to be good. Obviously, Michigan doesn't need to cheat to be good. But how much of a disgrace and a shame is it when the ki- the smart kid in class that doesn't need to cheat is still cheating. You know, the kid, the smart kid who cheats doesn't still get a 96 because he didn't need to cheat. He gets a zero. So I ask you guys, where is Michigan zero? They haven't gotten a zero. Like, the NCAA encourages you to cheat because there's no punishment till the end of time. Remember the playoff committee said... Well, we are, you know, we, th- we think this is a, an, an NCAA issue. We think it's an NCAA issue. Okay? But the NCAA is not going to do anything. Neither did you. Michigan should have been far more on the chopping block to make the college football playoff than Florida State. Far more on the chopping block. By the way, we have this clip here from Jim Harbaugh on his NFL future uh diesel can we put the bs meter up to this with what jim harbaugh is saying right here let's listen to what he says ladies and gentlemen the bs meter what does your bs meter read after this no idea about that (laughs) couldn't be more happy to be here this is uh this is a tremendous scene they do everything big in texas and uh this is cool this is uh right where we want to be heather this is where we this is where we work to get there yeah, there's a calendar. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly talk about the future next week, and I hope to have one. How about that? A future? I hope to have Thank you. What a shyster. Yeah, no, look, and I don't hate Michigan, and I don't hate Jim Harbaugh. Okay, I, I, I really don't. He reminds me of... Bima the schema. <laughs> um, but I call BS on this. I call BS. This diesel has the feel to me of a coach who doesn't care what he's busted for because he's on his way out. Just like, you know, many of us who had senioritis, they didn't care. You know, did, you, did any of you guys skip detentions your final six weeks of, of high school? 
What do you care? What are they going to do to you? You're out. You're out. It feels like that to me. Mongo texts in, and, and Mongo is wrong. He says, no asterisk. The NCAA dropped the ball on this. So if a cheater wins, it's on them. Well, but, but Mongo, the NCAA always drops the ball. That was buffoonery. That was complete and total buffoonery. They always drop the ball. So we are used to them not doing the right thing. Therefore, we have to be the ones that do the right thing. Give me an example, Mongo, of a time that the NCAA did the right thing. And give me, give me, they'll make it harder so that you just can't say the, the wide receiver from North Carolina this year. Give me a situation where they did the right thing the first time. Not after months of pressure, not after hearing about it from college football fans. Give me a situation where the NCAA made the right call the first time. And you see, like, you see how this whole system works, Diesel. Again, it's, it's both sides of it. It's the NCAA had the chance. They didn't do anything, so there's no asterisk. Do you remember what Michigan fans were saying when the cheating scandal blew up? They said, we're entitled to due process. So now you guys are flipping it both ways, whatever way it suits you. Oh, the NCAA didn't do anything, so there's no asterisk. But then when we said eliminate them now, they're entitled to due process. Well, we know they cheated. You know they cheated. They fired the guy who cheated. They accepted their punishment, accepted their penalty. They dropped it. You know what's going on here. Folks, how is there not an asterisk next to this national championship? Um, if, if, how is there not if Michigan wins? There's got to be. There's simply got to be. All right. Uh, 71307 is the text line. Those of you on YouTube, please drop your text messages in on the text line as well. Would be great to have you there. Texter says Jim's name is also mentioned for Atlanta and Carolina as well. Um, yeah, but they, he was mentioned a year ago. Was interested a year ago. I mean, his name's going to be attached to every single open job. Dave Tepper did not want to yield the control to Jim Harbaugh that would have been required. And that is the biggest mistake you've ever seen in your life. Dave Tepper needs nothing more than to shut up and get out of the way and stuff a sock in his pie hole and get out of everybody's way. Let the football people do football things. You, David, and your wife, Nicole, are obviously not football people. We've seen what you guys being football people looks like. Jim Zoki, by the way. Joining us at 3.40 p.m. today on the show. Uh, let's see here. Texter says, spelled Diesel's name wrong. Uh, he says, SMU getting the death penalty was the last time the NCAA did something right. You've seen Pony Excess just as many times as I have, Mark, and Texter as well. By the way, how do you spell Diesel, D-E-I-S-E-L? You drive past the gas station and you see it spelled correctly every single day. And then autocorrect probably tries to fix it for you when you spell it incorrectly. And then what do you do? You go back and change it anyway? I don't understand how people still spell the, the word incorrectly. Either way, um, <clears throat> you've seen Pony Excess as many times as I have, Mark. There was evidence that every single program in the Southwest Conference was cheating at the same level as SMU. So the NCAA giving SMU the death penalty was the right thing to do. 
But the wrong thing to do was to give only SMU the death penalty. Every single program in that conference deserved the death penalty because there was evidence that every single program in that conference was doing the same thing. I think it was Pony Express. No, Pony Excess. Pony Express was the name of the uh, of the the guys on horseback that carried mail in the oh. Wild West. Pony Excess was the name of the documentary, okay. the 30 for 30 film. Uh, okay, okay. Pony Excess. There you go, my friends. Okay. Uh. <laughs> Mongo texts in and says, I before E except after C. Whoever spelled diesel wrong has to be a tater. Really? Yeah. yeah very interesting. Well, listen, it's it's never too early. It's never too late to get some good Clemson, South Carolina hate going on up in here. Okay, guys, for all those listening right now, for all those listening, I would love for you to say, you can text in one word. Yes, Michigan's title comes with an asterisk. So if you text in yes, that means there is an asterisk. If you text in no, that means there's no asterisk. Okay, to Michigan's title, should they win tonight? You've heard it from me in this segment. I believe there is very much an asterisk next to the title, should Michigan win. And if you listen to the show on Friday, you know that I think they will. All right. Um, It's time to take the kid gloves off when it comes to this NFL player. Um, it's It's just time, guys. You know, there, there comes a time and place where you have to acknowledge that the narrative is not accurate. And that's next, right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. And we are the Fan Upstate. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstates. Jim Zoki, Carolina Panthers broadcast team, joins us in the next segment of the show. I had multiple people come out to me yesterday and say the following to me. They said, Mark Ryan, please stop calling them the Carolina Panthers. We do not claim them, okay? So this thing started with the Carolina Panthers being called such because they're named for both North and South Carolina. That's how it started. Here's how it's going. Please call them the North Carolina Panthers, Mark Ryan. Sincerely, folks, it's... In South Carolina. That's how it's going. 
Diesel, um, Jim Zoki has done an amazing job towing the line uh, on on what to say and what not to say this year. So I was somewhat surprised when he tweeted yesterday when the game was over, get out of here 2023 season. (laughs) You know that scene in Con Air when uh, Nicolas Cage is leaning his head back and the wind is blowing through his stringy hair? That's how Jim Zoki has to feel escaping the 2023 East Carolina season and Carolina Panthers season. Like He was a part of two awful, awful football teams this year. And, like, you know, it's just breathe the free air, brother. It's uh, we're, we're glad to have you back. It's normal for people uh, that work in sports media to feel a little fatigued in January because you've been through a four-month gauntlet, right, of just, like, wall-to-wall football coverage. How do you think Jim Zoki feels? I mean, with what he's been through. Saturdays and Sundays and travel and back and forth and nothing but else. Nothing but else. You know how people always say uh, that they, you know, they place bets and, hey, man, if this happens, I'll get this guy's face tattooed on my butt cheek, right? You know how they always do that? Diesel, can you think of a, a bet worse? And I can't believe no one's ever done this before. Like, how come nobody's ever agreed to a bet? Where you would have an L on your forehead, it's possible. Right? Well, you've seen the latest um, Mayhem commercial, right? It's uh, the normal guy from the Mayhem commercial. Yeah. He's riding down the road on a tricycle, it's, and he's got a sign on his chest that says "Honk at me," and he's got one long strip of hair shaved down the side of his head because he lost. <laughs> he lost a bet. He lost a big bet. Uh, <laughs> well, anyway, guys, I want to shift gears to this. It's time to take the kid gloves off on one particular person. Okay, it's time. It's just time. And that particular person is, of course, Trevor Lawrence. Guys, he's been not great in his NFL career. That's not to say he's been awful. That is to say he's been not great. Okay? Um, And in a must-win game that Jacksonville had to have yesterday, They took the L. They were never really in the contest. And Trevor Lawrence was uh, two touchdowns, two picks, an 81 rating, a QBR of 41.9, 50 as average. He was not good. Ryan Tannehill, who was benched this year, was far better than Trevor Lawrence was. Travis Etienne didn't do much. 57 yards rushing in the game there. Jacksonville lost 28 to 20. A late fourth and goal was stopped by uh, by the Tennessee Titans. King Henry, Derrick Henry, goes out with a 100-yard game. That was his last game in Tennessee, in all likelihood. Ryan Tannehill goes out with a dub. They had some memorable moments with Ryan at quarterback. Now, in my opinion, Ryan Tannehill has entered the backup phase of his career, the permanent backup phase of his career. But this that is not what this segment is focused on. This segment is focused on Trevor Lawrence. And the narrative continues to be, oh, Trevor Lawrence, bonafide, surefire franchise quarterback. Hasn't played like it. Guys, take the kid gloves off. 
It's not about whether he's a good kid, okay? It's not about whether you like him. It's not about what he did at Clemson and whether he is 1A or 1B on the all-time Clemson quarterback list. It's about what he's done or lack thereof in the National Football League. Now, I'd like to let you know that when Jacksonville was 8-3, all right, when they were 8-3 six weeks ago, they had a 98% chance to make the playoffs. 98%. Heading into their game yesterday, they had a 90% chance to make the playoffs. 90 as in 9-0. All they had to do was beat lowly Tennessee or or um have Pittsburgh and Denver lose. Okay, that's all they had to do. Neither of those things happened. Baltimore had nothing to play for. That didn't help Jacksonville. Pittsburgh beat Baltimore. That didn't help Jacksonville. All that happened on Saturday night. Jacksonville needed to win when the game came on to be in, and they couldn't do it against a team that was 5-11. and 11. Guys, to me, I give Trevor Lawrence credit for the following, okay? I give him credit for battling injuries, all right? And I give him credit. He had a concussion, ankle problem. We all saw the, uh, the high ankle sprain was brutal. Um, shoulder problem, which he had at Clemson. I remember him having an MRI of his shoulder at Clemson. The way that he battled to ensure that he was there for his team when his team needed him is commendable. I appreciate the fact that he did whatever he could to be out there. But the, again, this isn't about Trevor's character. We know about his character. Okay? Great kid, Christian kid. Teammates love him has the right attitude. Everybody knows that. He's not playing well enough. He's got to up his game. And I can illustrate this with numbers that'll blow you away. Okay? In his very class, in his very rookie draft class, a rookie draft class that is not looking very, very good right now. Trey Lance, third pick. How's that going? Zach Wilson, second pick. How's that going? Mac Jones, 14th pick. How's that going? Justin Fields, 11th pick. How's that going? The narrative might be that Trevor Lawrence is great because the other guys in his draft class suck. But when you consider those guys in the draft class, how about this? Career quarterback rating. Mac Jones, 86. Trevor Lawrence, 85. Justin Fields, 82. Trevor Lawrence's career quarterback rating is in between that of Mac Jones and Justin Fields. My friends, it's just not good enough. It just isn't good enough. And it's okay. You're not going to lose your Clemson fan card to say it. Okay. First year, you say rookie year, bad coach, Urban Meyer, you're going to give him a pass. Last year, very nice. 25 touchdowns, 8 picks. This year, 21 touchdown passes, 14 interceptions, a quarterback rating of 88, not good enough. Not good enough. It's okay to say that. 
He is too mistake-prone. He commits way too many turnovers. He has a level of confidence that he thinks his arm can make plays that he really can't. Trevor Lawrence makes poor decisions with the football. There is no way, injuries or no injuries, that a team that was 8-3 and three should miss out on the playoffs when you've got Trevor Lawrence playing in the final game. Playing in the final game, there's no way that team should miss out on the postseason. It just should not happen. Okay? Now, if you ask me, Mark, uh, okay, where does Trevor Lawrence rank rating-wise in the National Football League? What is Trevor Lawrence's quarterback rating? His 88.5 is 23rd among starting quarterbacks. 32-team league, 23rd. How about QBR? Because you like QBR better. His QBR is 16th out of 32 teams. 16th. So average those together if you want. Trevor Lawrence is ranked 20th in terms of the metrics used to evaluate quarterback performance in the National Football League. That, that's not what the narrative is on Trevor, is it? The narrative is surefire, bonafide, franchise quarterback. He hasn't been that guy. He's not that guy. You know, last year they made it to the final eight. This year they don't even get in. You don't have to toe the company line here. You don't have to do it. All right? Um, so it is what it is. I don't want to hear about dropped balls. What help did Justin Fields have, especially before this year? What help did Mac Jones have? I don't want to hear about dropped balls by the wide receivers. He turns the ball over. He's not played well enough. Uh, Texter says, whoa, boy, here comes the torches and pitchforks. You can't be smirch Malibu Trevor. You can't be smirch him. Well, I don't think this is besmirching anybody. I think this is calling a spade a spade. I think this is being honest. Texter says, I'm still learning, but shouldn't Jacksonville's defense be held more accountable than Trevor? No, Texter. I mean, held more accountable for what? His performance? He hasn't performed. He's not been good. Mark, if you thought Zach Wilson was going to be good, he played at BYU and struggled against New Mexico State. Yeah, but he made a fancy pass at his pro day where he was rolling one way and through the other, and the Jets fell in love with him ever since. Look, the Jets would be better if they had Trevor Lawrence. There's no doubt about that. Okay, there's no doubt. But I'm, I'm here to tell you guys that Trevor's numbers since he's been in the league point to an average quarterback. And before you want to hit me with drop passes and First year was Urban Meyer. I would say, what has Mac Jones had? What has Justin Fields had? What has Zach Wilson had? What playing opportunity has Trey Lance had? Performance has not been good. It's okay to say that. It's okay to be part of the media machine that is motivating Trevor to be better this year. Because if you actually think about it, ladies and gentlemen, that division was the most no-brainer division that anybody should have won. You know, like I, and if I sound a little sore, I am. I had two bets that I lost 
for Jacksonville to win the division and Jacksonville to make the playoffs. Two bets that I lost, okay? We thought Tennessee would be a dumpster fire, and they were. We thought Indianapolis would be a dumpster fire starting a rookie quarterback, and Shane Steichen was better than expected. We didn't expect Houston to be competent, and they were. But you know why they were? Because C.J. Stroud was much better than Trevor Lawrence. Much better than Trevor Lawrence. I mean, you look at the different divisions, that should have been the easiest division win that exists in the National Football League. Trevor Lawrence, Super Bowl winning coach Doug Peterson. I mean, that's that's as, as easy a win as it gets. Two teams starting rookie quarterbacks became three teams starting rookie quarterbacks. Tennessee rookie quarterback, Indianapolis at the start of the year, Houston all year long rookie quarterbacks, Trevor Lawrence and company could not win a division that had nothing but rookie quarterbacks. Meanwhile, Trevor Lawrence's quarterback rating, 23rd, C.J. Stroud, 6th. Trevor Lawrence's QBR, 16th. C.J. Stroud's QBR, 15th. Rookie quarterback beat him in both categories. What's the excuse? It's time to grow up. It's time to be better. I'm not going to let you continue with the bogus narrative, okay? Not going to let you continue with that because it's bogus, okay? It is very, very much bogus. So realize that for what it is. Thank you very much for playing. I'm Mark Ryan, and I approve this message. You don't have to like everything we say. Don't have to like it. All right, my friends, up next on the show, we put a bow on this year's disgraceful Carolina Panthers season. Right here with Jim Zoki of the Carolina Panthers broadcast team. Next, here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate. As is always the case on a Monday after a Carolina Panthers game, we're joined by none other than Jim Zoki, analyst on Carolina Panthers games, the color commentator for uh, Carolina. And he joins us right now on the show. Jim, you tweeted out yesterday at the end of the game, get, get out of here 2023 season. And I laugh so hard at that. And I want to let you know that is such a breath of fresh air because fans grow tired of play-by-play guys, broadcasting guys, always trying to, quote-unquote, put lipstick on the pig. That was so refreshing because it showed that you're feeling the same way, right? Get out of here 2023 season. Can you just share with us, Jim, to the best of your ability, what it was like to endure that week in and week out? I guess it's, uh, what's that phrase, the definition of insanity? (laughs) (laughs) Doing the same thing every week, expecting a different outcome. And uh, while there are some some tweaks along the way and a coaching change, uh, the the big picture was was pretty much uh, the same thing uh, as far as the the lack of offense. Defense played pretty solid. And you were just kind of hoping to get to the fourth quarter and something might happen where you could 
win a game, and you probably saw the stat, they never led in the fourth quarter of a game all season, which has never been done before. Both wins came on the final you know, zeros on the clock with a field goal. So, I mean, it was just uh, really one of the worst offensive teams uh, that's been around this league for a while, and uh, it's easy to determine what needs to be fixed with it as far as what's the number one priority as far as putting some things around Bryce Young for next season. But, yeah, I mean, it's, you know, broadcasting losses is one thing, but when you don't score – two weeks in a row like you guys were off for the holidays we've not scored points since the last time i talked to you so that's it's kind of been a long season in that way jim can you pinpoint the event horizon the game the moment at which point it was if things don't turn around here scott fitterer is not going to be with this team going forward or if things had turned around here scott was probably going to be safe and stay with this team in the into the future yeah, I think, you know, um, probably by the time we got to November, you could kind of see where things were going in general and that it wasn't going to be a big enough of a turning of the tide that it was going to save jobs and, and all that. And, of course, it was out of, out of the uh, game where they lost at Tennessee where Frank Wright got fired. I think when that happened, that was kind of the, the, the line in the sand for everybody. And, you know, you hope to get a little spark with Chris Tabor, but even when Chris Tabor was inserted as the interim uh, head coach, it was never with the thought like, and he might turn things around and he might become the next head coach, like a Steve Wilkes potential situation where he was a very strong candidate as far as what he should have been viewed as. But I think it's probably the same boat for Scott from that sense that, you know, once things started to go south and the offense, the only really game where they had offense was Green Bay. And in hindsight, you kind of look at that, their defensive coordinator was under fire before we even had that game as far as what his standing was for Green Bay. So, I think probably that Tennessee game was kind of the final straw in a lot of ways for this entire season. You know, uh, we're going to call it what it is, Jim, because we know who's pulling the strings there. If Tepper could do these over again, okay, does he still make the trade for Bryce Young? Who does he hire? Because obviously not Frank Reich. Your best guess if he could do both over again. You know, I think, you know, there's there's no denying what C.J. Stroud has done. I mean, it's been almost historical from a, a rookie season standpoint. So it'd be, be foolish not to say something about, you know, C.J. Stroud, how well he's played. Having said that, I think they the, the organization feels, you know, very much like the long play of Bryce Young is still going to work out, that they don't want to judge it on this first season because of what Bryce was working with. I mean, he was sacked 62 times, which is one of the most in the, the history of the league, and uh, obviously, we've all seen the skill position players around him could be greatly improved along with what the offensive line is. So definitely give uh, this season to C.J. Stroud. But I don't think that uh, they feel like they missed uh, on Bryce Young. I, I think it, and Todd Bowles, I assume, wouldn't say things he doesn't mean. The Buccaneers head coach said he thinks that uh, Bryce Young could become one of the best to ever do this. It was his direct quote this past week. That, that's pretty high praise. But I think people would accept the fact that I think Bryce Young deserves the opportunity to play behind a solid offensive line, more dynamic playmakers before making a permanent judgment. I mean, obviously for this one year, definitely C.J. Stroud, anybody would, would, would look at that and go, what, what an amazing year. And I think with Frank Reich, I think probably the, the biggest mistake was, and um, Hayden Hurst talked about it in the locker room today a little bit, was there was there were a lot of different voices uh, talking this year. And it wasn't just Frank Reich. You know, they brought in all these different coaches, uh, all bringing, and they did it on purpose to bring in different philosophies, different approaches, different ideas, and it was probably it was probably too much. Uh, so I think they they realized that was probably the bigger mistake out of maybe even the fact that it was Frank Reich was just 
the construction of a coaching staff that brought a lot of different personalities and elements from different places that probably needed more more synergy and more one thought to a lot of what they were doing. Jim, you had the uh, unfortunate uh, situation of, of covering two bad football teams this year. What is uh, – What's going to be your method of disconnecting? Like, are you are you taking a trip down into the Caribbean somewhere to oh, completely wow, yeah. change your mindset? What? How are you? How's the jo- uh, the, the Zoki family going to change your mindset? Yeah, we've not uh, planned the vacation uh, or vacations for this year. Uh, they will involve not preparing or calling any uh, football game, college or pro, as far as filling out a board and, and doing any kind of play by play or color for the next couple of months. So. Yeah, I mean, it's it's one of those things where, you know, sometimes you just hit. I mean, we've done 29 years of Panthers football, one year of East Carolina, so that was a down season for them. But, you know, last year the Panthers weren't great, but they won seven, so at least they were, they were you know, something where you felt like there was something good going on there for a while. Sometimes you just hit it. I mean, I feel – I think it's still um, – I think it's still Mark Champion doing the Detroit Pistons. I was thinking about, you know, what are they, three and 34? But not only that, they had a 28-game losing streak – and they still have like 45 games more to go in a season like that. So, you know, sometimes, and they've had obviously some great Detroit Piston teams through the years, sometimes you just hit, hit some clunkers in there every now and then if you do it long enough. Jim Zoki joining us here on the show, color commentator, Carolina Panthers. Jim, if we can, can we do this like you do, uh, you know, searching, looking at colleges with the kids or when you were a senior in high school? Uh, for me, it was dream school realistic school and safety school okay and for me honestly the dream school was wake forest the um realistic school was florida and the safety school was florida state okay um and i ended up going to florida wake forest was the school that rejected me uh still bitter about that i will tell you so if we do that for carolina head coaches jim who is the guy you know takes the job safety school Who's a realistic candidate? Who's the dream candidate? Well, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and I'm, I'm not even sure who all the candidates would be at this time. But, you know, I think, you know, Ben Johnson would probably top the, the list as far as, I guess, I'd go in the dream candidate. I think that that was someone they were interested in last year. And I think with the quarterback they have here, you know, giving him the best opportunity with kind of today's style of offense uh, in the NFL – that that could be probably the home run hit for them. So I, I think that would be certainly one. You know, beyond that, uh, you know, there's going to be a lot of names that are floated out there. And as far as safety and, and what's practical and all those kind of things, that's hard to say. But I would I would think when you've come off a season like this, you, you want to swing for the defenses and hope you land and spend a lot of money uh, on the guy you want. And I think Ben Johnson would be that guy from the Lions, would certainly be one of the guys that would be right at the top of the list. I think, you know, Somebody that would take it, I think it'd probably like someone like Bobby Slowick. It'd be an upgrade for him to be able to come here and be a head coach from what he did with C.J. Stroud with Houston last year. So I think certainly someone like that would be a person that would take the job if offered because I think he's he's obviously now wanting to be a head coach, and he may not even be for this cycle. That may be a year away for him as far as where he actually lands as a head coach, but that would know, be another one they'll certainly want to talk to, I'm sure. Jim, what's your reaction to the comments that DJ Chark had in the in the postgame locker room conversation uh, regarding the fumble there at the one-yard line? I mean, I, I'm watching it, and I have, have really tried to divorce my fandom over the past eight or nine weeks and say, well, let's just, let's just find something funny about the, the struggles of this team, and it's probably not funny to you. 
but it was funny to me having to cover the team, you know, every single week. But DJ Chark had his comments in the postgame press conference, or excuse me, in the locker room, saying, well, you know, it happened, and the guy that made the play deserves a Pro Bowl nod for that. Uh, didn't really take, take a ton of accountability for the mistake. What's your reaction to that? I think, you know, um, DJ was just in the moment trying to make a play. Those are, you know, there are some coaches that coach, like, don't reach for the pylon because what you can get is get knocked, knocked out of bounds in the end zone and as a touchback goes to the other team. As it turned out, they actually recovered the ball in the end zone there. And the nod to Antoine Winfield was, uh, you know, pretty much everyone believes, just like Derek Brown, he should have been a Pro Bowl player this past year, wasn't named to the Pro Bowl squad. And he had a phenomenal season. He had five sacks. He had five forced fumbles, I think six without one, four fumble recoveries. He just had an incredible season and was not named to the Pro Bowl for the Buccaneers. So that I think that was kind of a nod to his season overall. And he made a great play like he's done all year at the one-yard line. And you, you sometimes you tip your, your hat and say that was a great defensive play and not giving up by Antoine Winfield. But if you if you look at when D.J. Chark made that decision, he reaches kind of loosely with one hand for the end zone. I think if you ever are going to do that, it's got to be a strong two hands and, and know that somebody's coming to knock. You see the player coming at, a, at you. you. You've got to hang on to that ball or you know it's going to be a touchback if it goes out of bounds. And Again, they recovered it in play. It was the same effect. So I think, you know, DJ certainly had more downs than ups. He had uh, a couple great catches in the Green Bay game and earlier on against Seattle. But, you know, by and large, there were a lot of drops. And uh, they were expecting a lot more big impact plays from him. That just didn't happen all season. Jim Zoki, color commentator, Carolina Panthers. He's been there for us every single Monday this week, rain or shine. And there's been a lot more rain than shine. But there's always hope for a brighter tomorrow. Jim, thanks for all you do and the consistency with which you joined us. It means the world. We think the world of you. Enjoy your offseason, sir. Some much-needed rest in your future, hopefully. Take care. Appreciate it. Thanks, guys. All right, take care. Jim Zoki, Carolina Panthers, every single week joined us. How about that stat, Diesel, from Jim Zoki? Um, never been a team in NFL history that never led in the fourth quarter. The Carolina Panthers didn't lead in the fourth quarter. He said both of their wins came at triple zero. I, yeah, that's, that is wild. I also saw, I heard a stat this morning, and I'm, I'm going to get this a little bit wrong, so forgive me for this, uh, but it was that the Carolina Panthers haven't scored on their opening drive of a game the entire season. Yeah. Not, not once on their opening drive. Oh, yeah. And, and how about this? Might have even been 18 months, so it might have been going back into last season. Houston scored on their first play. Okay, uh, against Indianapolis. And I, I that struck me, Diesel, because it was the first time all year that an NFL team had scored a touchdown on their first play. Hadn't happened all year until Houston did it. Yeah, I was going through the laundry list of insults to injuries um, as it regards to David Tepper and what might cause him to throw another drink out the window. I mean, there was so many ways that this could go bad and make him angry. And turn this thing into a Gallagher show. I mean, you had Baker Mayfield coming in and winning on your field. You had the coach and the quarterback who you could have had making the playoffs on Saturday in Houston. You had um, – what what else was there? There was um, – I had a list of them. Now I'm blanking on them off the top of my head. 
But uh, oh, oh, it was uh, it was that um, Steve Wilkes was voted in the top five of most popular coaches from the NFLPA survey. It was that Steve Wilkes' defense in San Francisco is the seventh ranked defense in the NFL going into yesterday's games. I think I might even oh, and it was fourteen dollar tickets leading into the week prior, uh, leading into the game. I mean, there were so many ways that Dave Tepper was going to get angry at this game, and I was just waiting for him to 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 blow a gasket. And that's exactly, my friend, what happened. All right. It is the one stat that paints a path to victory for Washington on tonight. What is that stat? It's next, right here on the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, the fan upstate. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.